Plum Creek, and we are a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around change lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. God has something He wants to say specifically to you wherever you are. Our hope is that you will leave encouraged and closer to Him than ever before. We'd love to connect with you online at PlumCreekOnline.com or on social media where you can see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting your dollar amount to the number on the screen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you'll enjoy this message. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's Doug, and I'm glad you're here. Uh, we're in this series on the Ten Commandments, but I got to tell you, uh, you know we have a missions team that left yesterday uh, to, uh, or actually f uh, Friday, to head to the Philippines, and uh, Beth and I got a call at 3.30 this morning from our daughter. They lost her bag, <clears throat> and uh, so she's like, hey, what time is it there right now? Like 3.30. <laughs> so uh, it reminded me of the importance to continue to pray for our kids. Poor Megan. Hopefully she's gotten her bag. Um, it's a crazy trek to get to the island where we feel called to make a difference. You know, they're all the way to the Philippines and a three-hour drive and then an hour boat ride. Hate to be the airline guy delivering that bag, wouldn't you? <clears throat> Let's just pray for our team real quick. Can we do that? Father, thank you for these 38 folks that have made a decision to give 10 days of their life and resource to invest on this island that you've called us to. We pray that Malapasqua would never be the same because of this team being there. We pray for our children that, that uh, we have sponsored that live there, hundreds of them. Father, we pray that this would be a time of encouragement for them and for their families, that you would use this as, a, as an opportunity to change their lives, and that, Lord, our team would come back changed too. Keep them safe, go with them, and uh, Lord, can you help Megs get her bag back? In your name we pray, amen. All right, so in this series, we have been dealing with uh, two of the 10 commandments every week, and as I was preparing uh, for this weekend, I really felt like we needed to hit the brakes on this topic and spend this week on this topic alone, so next week's gonna be a little more challenging. I gotta get three in in one week, so uh, we'll be a little more brief on the subject matter uh, next week, but this is an important week for us. Where we started several weeks ago is, is this uh, truth, this understanding that God's rules are not conditions of a relationship with him, rather they're confirmation of a relationship with him. This, this is how we uh, respond to what God has done, to his uh, passionate love for us and everything that he's done. And over the course of uh, this series, what we've been doing is kind of combating 
uh, this epidemic in our culture, an epidemic because uh, a high percentage of those that, that live here in the United States and probably even beyond that would say that the Ten Commandments are still binding things today, yet they don't know them. Less than 15% statistics have shown can list five of them, let alone in any order. So we've been battling that together. Uh, so uh, we, we reviewed this way years ago and I'm gonna do it again uh, as we uh, head into today. So hands up, here's, here's how this works. Gonna remind you of the 10 commandments. So if you close one eye and make me disappear like you did your junior high teacher, that's no other gods before me. Say that, no other gods before me. Point up in the air, nothing higher than God, so no idols. Say no idols. The middle finger, we always wonder what to do with that one. And this is don't take the Lord's name in vain, right? So that's how we remember that one. Counting back one, two, together, three, four, five, six, seven. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Then we go this way. This was last week, right? We honor our mother and father and our days will be long. Comes with a promise, right? And here's where I need your help. Good. Don't kill. Don't kill. And today we land here on our ring finger, which reminds us to not commit adultery. And if you were going to steal something, you'd likely use that hand and kind of, so that reminds us, don't steal and hold this one up. That's a L. What's that one? Don't lie. And then make a C. Don't covet. So there you go. You got all 10 in a row. Hopefully you're cranking through those and uh, learning those in order. And you're going to be way higher than 15% of our culture that can't even name five. You're going to be like, I know them in order, which would be great. Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, you must not commit adultery. For obvious reasons, this week we're going to focus in on this one exclusively. Uh, we live in a culture that has minimized and even glamorized adultery, and it's not okay. That's not the way God calls us to live. So my main thought this weekend is this, God says, my spouse and my spouse only. God says, my spouse and my spouse only. You might want to write that down. Um, it's very likely today that there are folks that land in several of uh, different categories as we head into this topic. I know there are some that are here that have been dealt a very real devastating blow by adultery, and you're probably uh, still, in many ways, uh, dealing with the emotion of that and uh, trying to navigate the, the waters of that, and, and um, there can be a lot of uh, pain, uh, and that can be very intense. And I want you to know that I've been praying for you this week, praying that this message would be part of your healing process and that God would continue to be a big part of, of what you experience today as we deal with this topic. I know there are some of you that are likely here today that wish you weren't because you're in an adulterous relationship. And I'm glad you're here. Uh, we serve a life-giving God, a redemptive God. And my prayer today and has been this week uh, many others as well is that God will do something special in your life today, that you will feel a sense of his conviction and you will be committed to making some changes in your life. Maybe there are some here as well that are considering adultery. Maybe you're dabbling with that. Maybe you're in, involved in a relationship that's starting to meet some emotional needs and you know it's not right. And I wanna challenge you today as well to listen to what God would say to you as well. And then there's others that have not headed down that road. And what you need to be reminded of today is that you are not invincible. We are all tempted and all need to be challenged today to think about our marriages carefully. And perhaps you're here today and you're not married, you're single. I wanna challenge you, there's no better place to begin to even think about the process of being married. Because here's what I know, 
There's not one of us in this room that uh, woke up one day and thought, you know what, I want to have a really crappy marriage. That's what I aspire to. I mean, happily ever, ever after, forget it. I want challenge and pain and hurt. Wouldn't that be great? Nobody, nobody wakes up with that dream. But we do think that somehow it is happily ever after. And that's not reality, is it? For those that are married, you say amen. You say I do and hard work begins from that moment on. And so we need to talk about it today. It's no surprise in our society that they continue to redefine morality. And every time they do, it does not seem like they're uh, redefining it in a way that's honoring God. It's always a downward spiral to a place of um, kind of living permissive and non-judgmental and self-focused and kind of this self-centered direction for sure. Research is also not surprisingly shown that adultery is one of the number one reasons for or primary causes of a divorce. And so as we've gotten to a place in our culture where we've glamorized this, uh, it's a scary thing. You turn the TV on, you read a novel or two, um, you, you find very quickly that you can begin to even start cheering for those that are in relationships that are not God honoring, and that's not okay. And one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about this is because over the years I've had opportunities to work with many couples that are in the, in the throes of deep pain and hardship and challenge because of this topic. As a matter of fact, years ago, um, not here, but years ago, Beth and I were working with a couple and um, this, this uh, man committed adultery and got to the place where he knew that he needed to uh, make this right with his wife. And Beth and I were parked out front of their home on the day at the exact time when he was going to be sharing with her what had happened. And I was standing with Beth in the front yard when she came running out of that house and fell in my arms. I'll never forget that day. And listen, I promise you, regardless of what this culture says, there is nothing glamorous about that. It is pain and hurt and betrayal, and it is not glamorous. So today, we're gonna go on attack a little bit because we know the enemy uh, realizes the strength of a God-honoring marriage and knows that this is part of what God has ordained in our relationships. And so if it's something that God meant for good, what does the enemy always do? He works hard to jack it up. And so today, we're gonna go on the offensive. We're gonna deal with this one head on. And so I want you to pull out your, your journey guides and I want you to take some notes. How does this happen? How does adultery happen? Let's very quickly just talk about this because it's also highly likely for folks that when they walk down this path, they get to a place where this has happened and they're like, I have no idea how I got here. And so we need to be aware of that. We need to think about the process that this kind of oftentimes flows through to get us to a place where adultery happens. So how does it happen? It begins with a distraction, first of all, a distraction. And there's lots of ways that this can happen. Uh, Maybe it's just a season in your marriage where things are not going well. There's some troubles. There's some challenges. Maybe it's just you're overexhausted. You're given everything you can at work. Maybe it's a time of unemployment and um, a financial pinch. Maybe you're feeling disconnected. Maybe your sexual lives have become uh, become, uh, monotonous and, and it's just a distraction. On the other side of that coin, it could also be that you're feeling kind of a little overconfident today. 
That when we start to talk about this, you might be feeling invincible, like you're on a roll and that there's no way that this could happen to you or your relationship, like nothing could touch you and ruin your relationship in this way. Distractions are always the catalyst and we just need to stay on guard. We need to understand that our marriages are a gift from God and we need to fight for them. We need to do the very best that we can to guard ourselves and to guard our marriages so that we can have the marriage God called us to have and dreams that we would have. So it always starts with a distraction and then it moves to an attraction. If you're not careful, this can happen all over the place. An attraction occurs in a quick moment of time. It could be at the health club, it could be in the neighborhood, it could be at school or with your kids' sports or extracurricular activity. It could be at the office where someone pays a little extra attention to you. It could even happen here at church. It could happen anywhere. And so we need to be on guard. Um, And listen, it's not a sin to be attracted. However, it is very important that we take our thoughts captive and that we become, again, standing up to fight against the enemy when thoughts come that are not appropriate. Now, let me also say something. This is a soapbox of mine. Uh, There are some things about Facebook that I literally hate. And one of them is this. We don't realize that we are getting reconnected with people that we've completely forgotten why we were disconnected from. Like, be careful with this. If you search for me on Facebook, you're gonna find a Facebook account that's Beth and I together, and I'm very rarely on it. But it's important. We're making a statement with that. We need to have uh, open disclosure, accountability, and I want her to be able to have access to anything, social media or beyond. Accountability is important. And so we need to have that kind of full disclosure. Again, it's not a sin to be attracted, but we need to take our thoughts captive. James says it this way. James chapter one, verse 14. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to, and what's that word? Death, death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. We've seen this before. We've seen death in lots of different ways. Um, It can be death to relationships. It can be death emotionally. It can be death um, in in our marriages, in our integrity. It can be death to your health. It can be death to peace. And I know some of you are probably thinking, geez, Doug, come on. Coming a little heavy today, aren't you? It's kind of quiet in here. Well, just like last week, remember when we were talking about not killing and we all like, whew, we're good there until we got to Matthew and read what Jesus said? He does the same thing with this one, next level. Watch what he says here in Matthew chapter five, verse 27. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But here goes Jesus. Jesus says, but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And we're all like, Jesus. Yeah, why? Why would he go on the offensive like this? because he understands what's at stake. He understands how important this is, so we need to safeguard ourselves. It begins with distraction, it moves to attraction, and then if we're not careful and we don't catch it there, it progresses to infatuation. And this is where this thing really begins to gain momentum. Not only are you attracted to the person, but you begin to play some games and think through some things um, that are not healthy in your marriage. You begin spending large blocks of time, perhaps, with these people. Um, You say things like, I wonder what it would be like to touch this person. I wonder what it would be like to to hold that person. I wonder what it would be like to make love with this person. 
A woman might think, well, he makes me feel needed and wanted. He understands me. He knows how to talk to me. He makes me feel pretty. He supports me. He loves me. A man might think, man, she's sexy. She is so sweet and kind. She understands me. She respects me. She knows what what's going on in my mind and my heart and she needs me and then you become infatuated with this person and then the communication begins to take place at such a rapid pace and it's it's uh it's a private messaging on facebook it's twitter communication it's ways to snapchatting to keep it quiet and and then it could even move into a sexting and and these conversations just continue. And then you get to the place where you're even beginning to discuss marital challenges and difficulties and, and unfulfilled expectations that you have in your own marriage. Now we need to talk about this because that is a vitally important conversation to have with your spouse, with nobody else, with your spouse and your counselor perhaps but nobody else. But you see how quickly we can go into this place where we feel like, oh, we're, we're just helping. We're just there for them. And they begin to communicate these things. Now, here's, here's what I tell every young couple that comes through my office that's heading towards marriage. I say this, one of the number one problems in marriage is this, unmet expectations. And so the problem is you get married and you come to this marriage with your set of expectations. That's your paradigm of perhaps the way your mom and dad did relationship. And then your spouse comes to this marriage with their set of expectations, which are usually pretty different. And if we don't talk about those things, then there are these, from the very get-go, unmet expectations that just kind of continue to bubble up in our relationship. And so I tell these, these folks that are just getting ready to get married, talk about your expectations. Talk about them. Because listen, oftentimes our, un, our, our expectations are unrealistic. Right, guys? It's true. So then you need to have a conversation about that. If they're unrealistic, both guys and girls in a marriage, you gotta know where they are, you gotta compromise, you gotta talk through these things. And to make matters even worse, as we progress through life, our expectations change. There are all kinds of dynamics at play. You start having children and work complicates things. And then your kids start growing and get more involved in activities. And then they grow up and move away. And expectations, we've got to have this conversation regularly just with the right person. So we have to be careful because if we're having these conversations with someone that we shouldn't, they begin to kind of take on a flirty feel and they can transition to things sexual quickly. And then one day you do physically what you began to play out in your mind so many times before. And you trade in a moment of pleasure for a lifetime of pain. And many people try and validate adultery with a belief of, of just kind of permissing this in different ways. It's permissible for one reason or another. My husband's not fulfilling me emotionally, not fulfilling me sexually, so it's okay for me to do this. Or I think my spouse has been unfaithful, which then gives me license to be unfaithful as well. You know, this person I met, we're just soulmates. We're soulmates. I thought I was in love when I got married, but this, this is just different. Or the one that gets me every time, God just wants me to be happy. And the enemy's working overtime. We need to remember what God says. God says, my spouse and my spouse only. So what are we gonna do? 
How are we going to fight this? How are we going to safeguard ourselves and safeguard our marriages? How do we avoid becoming one of the statistics? It's pretty quiet in here. It's still quiet in here. Get your pen. I need to hear pens writing. This is important stuff. Listen, I think ultimately every single person has had thoughts or concerns related to this topic. We all want to make sure that we're in a safe marriage, right? We all want to make sure that there's faithfulness and fidelity in our marriages. Again, we don't wake up one day thinking we want our marriage to blow up and fall apart. Nobody does. So we have to work hard at this. So how are we going to um, prevent this? Adultery prevention. A couple of thoughts. Number one, you got to recognize your vulnerability. Nobody is beyond the importance of keeping this one in check. You could even feel like you're on a roll. Or maybe today, you're just feeling worn out and tired. Maybe you're going through some tough times in your marriage. Listen, listen to Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, that describes this process in so many temptations in our life, but for sure this one too. It says this in Genesis 4, 7, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Listen to this. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. You see, all of us need to recognize there is potential vulnerability in all of us here. So that's why we stand up with and be prepared to fight. You see, the enemy of your soul knows when you're most vulnerable. And that's when he's coming. I guarantee it. He knows when you're weak and he knows when, the, when you are vulnerable and susceptible. And here, you need to know when you are too. You need to know when you are susceptible as well. So um, just for a second, I forgot I'm giving you three assignments today. And the first one is that you have that conversation about your expectations, okay? Perhaps unmet expectations. You, you this week, sit down with your spouse. Someone's going to have to take the lead and talk about those expectations. If you're single, I want you to think about the set of expectations that you bring into a relationship because of your experience and your life kind of process that you've been through. The enemy of your soul knows when you're vulnerable, so we have to be prepared. Um, he's going to He's, he's just waiting to present the challenging temptations when you are at your weakest moment. And listen, then you mix in a steady diet of romance novels and pornography and strip clubs and music and movies that are, that are communicating something contrary to what God says. And listen, you are right there, prime for the picking. And the enemy is going to come and he will win if you're not careful because you play this in your head so many times over and over again. So the first thing that we're going to do as far as adultery prevention is recognize our vulnerability. The second thing that I want you to do is this. Push your clock forward. Push your clock forward. And let me explain this to you. Before you feel an attraction, before you are in a tempting situation, this week what I want you to do, this is assignment number two, is get alone with yourself and a cup of coffee and your God and I want you to make a list of everyone that would be affected by you making a decision to head down this path. Write it down. And it's not just your spouse. It's much more extensive than that. And I want you to think through what it could look like if you made a decision and headed down this road towards adultery. Uh, Gary has done this before. And I'm going to be honest with you, scared the crap out of me, which is good. It's a lengthy list. Uh, one of the times when Gary and I were together, he said, hey, we did this, uh, I did this before, and uh, this exercise, I, I just would challenge you to do it too, Doug, and let's get together and talk about it. I made a list, and it just keeps going. 
You would be surprised how many people would be impacted by your life's decision if you're not careful. So think about that. Push the clock forward. Be thorough and, and include everyone that you can think of and write down the potential consequences as well. Think about the damage that would be there. I believe this is one of the ways that we can be shaken to be uh, just even thinking and realize the importance of what we're talking about today. So push the clock forward. Then number three, extinguish any unfaithfulness. Extinguish any unfaithfulness. Eliminate the things that would cause you to sin in your life. Man, and you get serious about this because there is nothing, nothing in your life that is too precious for you to eliminate in order for you to safeguard yourself in your marriage. Sometimes it's gonna take radical measures. Sometimes it's opening yourself up to accountability and conversations and giving your spouse all access to your texts and to your phone and your social media accounts, uh, to your emails, to your Facebook, so that you can have just a, a good accountability there. It's so important. Colossians chapter three, verse five says this. Paul is writing, he says, so put to death the sinful earthly things. Look at this, listen, listen to the words lurking within you. Listen, that's you and me. That stuff lurks. So we have to be standing up to fight against this stuff. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. This week, as I was thinking about these thoughts, I was, always, I was also thinking about the importance of you just evaluating the friends that you spend the most time with. Who are the people that you've surrounded yourself that you spend the most time with and do they champion marriage like you do? Are they in fighting with you to have the marriage that God wants you to have? And if you're not hanging out with people that are in that battle with you, man, you need to also begin to seriously look for other friends that will be there for you to help you and champion your marriage and you can help them champion theirs. Uh, for some of us, this is gonna take a lot of courage Listen, uh, young people and singles that are here today too, this is serious, this is serious. The stakes are high. You start now here today living with integrity so that when you get to the place where God opens up the door for you uh, to have a relationship and to, to head towards marriage, that you're ready for that. Again, we think that there's this happily ever after fairy tale. It's, it's hard work. You can't have a great marriage with an unhealthy you. So be the healthiest version of you that you can possibly be so that you're ready to walk into a marriage someday and be the spouse that God wants you to be. Carefully consider what comes before your eyes. Think about the things that you watch, the things that you allow to be on your computer screen or your iPad or your phone, the movies that you see, the music that you listen to. Are there relationships in your life that are already kind of teetering towards inappropriate? If they're there, you know what I'm talking about. Stay off Tinder and matchmaking websites and instant messaging. And if they fan the flames of unfaithfulness, you need to get rid of it. And again, pornography is a billion dollar industry a year. It will mess with your head and it's not okay. Don't try and justify that. Be faithful. Don't give your heart to a computer screen. Give your heart to your spouse. Trash it, get rid of it, it's not worth it. So we need to recognize that we're all vulnerable because we are. And then we need to get to this place where we're pushing the clock forward so that in our minds we understand the stakes are high. And then we do everything we can to extinguish anything that would cause us to be unfaithful. 
And then here's where it gets fun. You do everything you can to invest in your marriage. Invest in your marriage. Again, a great marriage doesn't happen on accident. When you said, I do, you entered a lifelong journey, a lifelong journey of learning and growing and and, and, uh, enriching your marriage. You made a commitment before God, and now you have his help as well. God, I want to embark on this lifelong journey to have the marriage that you want me to have and that you've dreamed for me to have and that you put a dream inside of me to have. And it takes a lot of hard work to have a great marriage. You never arrive. I don't care how old you are or how long you've been married. We still have hard work to do. Get a mentor, someone that's a little ahead of you that you see that you, uh, qualities that you want to emulate in your marriage as well. And it takes one decision, one act after another, and all of those things will build to the point where you have a great marriage. And again, if you're not married, work. Work on your marriage now. What does that mean? You're praying. You're praying that God will bring that right person into your life and you're working hard to be a healthy ver- the healthiest version of you. And then, so I've given you a couple of assignments today. You know, those unmet expectations, you're gonna have that conversation with each other about that. And then yeah, you're gonna... Um, you're gonna think, and I forgot the next one, sorry. You're gonna push the clock forward, sorry. You're gonna look at all the list of the people that would be impacted by that. And then here's the third part of your assignment. I want you to take the 10 commandments, now that you know them all in order, and I want you to write them down, and then I want you to make, write another statement that has to do with those 10 commandments that's gonna help safeguard your marriage. Let me explain. Would it be okay if I read you mine? I wanna read you mine. So here they are, Doug's 10 commandments of marital commitment to my wife, Beth, and she's finally here today. This is awesome. So I get to say all these things with her here. Number one, no other earthly relationships before Beth, including my kids. Number two, nothing on earth more important than Beth. Number three, Never speak negatively about Beth. Number 4A. I guess that's just, I always am wordy. Worship and pray with Beth regularly. Number 4B. Honor date night with Beth and keep it holy. Very holy. Number five. Treat Beth's family like they're mine. Number six, don't take life from Beth with my words or my actions. Number seven, A, be relentlessly faithful to Beth. Number seven, B, have sex only with Beth often. Number eight, don't steal time with Beth that is meant to be time spent with Beth. Number nine, always tell Beth the truth. And number 10, don't entertain thoughts or desires of a relationship with anyone other than Beth. That's my list. And I wanna challenge you to make your list. And after you've made your list, share it with your spouse. I think it's an important thing for us to do to think about the importance of our relationships and to understand the stakes are high and the enemy's on the prowl. He's coming after you. He wants your marriage to blow up. And uh, 
He wants you to even be at a place, listen, singles, young people, in a place where you can't even think the way you should think to be able to head into a relationship in the way that he would want us to. Again, Colossians 3, 5, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. So as we conclude today, I just want to tell you the end of the story that I just shared briefly with you uh, earlier today. About a year after that young lady fell into my arms, I had the opportunity to stand with them as they renewed their vows. It was awesome. My God, our God, is a redemptive God. You can't have hope. His power is real. He is for you, not against you. He wants to help you. But listen, you have to want to help yourself too. God wants your marriage to be awesome. But that will never be easy. And the enemy's coming. He will know when you're weak, so we need to have our guard up. This is not a battle you, will ever, you were ever meant to fight alone. So you need to surround yourself by people that will help you, that will help you fight for your marriage. People that will be a good example for you. People that will mentor you. And listen, together, when we lean on each other and our incredible God, the dream that he has placed deep in our souls can be a reality, but it's gonna take a lot of hard work. And that's why here, we're gonna be real. And we're gonna talk about real hard stuff sometimes because we're in this together and we're gonna fight for what God wants us to have. Sound good? Bow your heads. Lord, we need your help with this one. It's not easy. And we see how the reality of this all around us and um, Lord, we know it's not what your plan it has ever been or ever will be. And you have planted something deep in us. It's a dream, a dream of a relationship, an earthly relationship that is meant to be the most fulfilling relationship we have. That's what we want, uh, to be safe, to be loved, to be able to journey through life together faithful, to be honoring. And Lord, it's too easy for us to let our guard down on this one. So we need your help. And I know that when we talk about a subject like this, there are, there are different responses all over this auditorium today. Some people have been reminded of pain. Some people are going through it right in this moment. Some are tempted right now by it. Lord, we need your help. So help us to just be truth tellers. Call it what it is. Tackle it with everything and all the strength that you can give us. And Lord, for those that are single that are here today, our students that are here today, 
Lord, help us to start now living with integrity in our relationships so that we position ourselves to have the fulfilling marriage that we've always dreamed of. I know that's counter-cultural. It's not the way this world around us is doing it. But Lord, will you help us to make a decision to do it different? Because we know, we know that you want what's best for us. So help us today with your strength to make a a choice to do this your way. I realize today too that there might be some that are here today that have been fighting this battle alone and you've never made a decision to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And so you've been fighting on your own strength and listen, that's a tough battle. You don't wanna do that one alone. Um, you, you desperately need his help and I would, I would contend that today that's why you're here because you realize you can't do this life without him. And if you're here today and that's you, I just wanna invite you to pray this prayer. God's speaking to you in your heart right now. Well, everyone else that's made that decision, will you just begin to pray with me? Um, If that's you and you know you need to make a decision to accept him as the Lord of your life and have him at work in you, just pray this prayer. God, I need you. I'm sorry for all the ways that I've fallen short of your perfect standard. And I've been trying to do this on my own and, and I can't, I give up trying on my own. So today I accept what you did on the cross to be for me I ask you for for forgiveness and I ask you to come be the Lord of my life. And I thank you that your work didn't stop on the cross, that today we can claim the truth that scripture communicates that the same power that raised Christ from the dead can be at work in me. And so today I ask for your help. And Lord, I pray today in the name of Jesus for protection on our marriages. Help us to stand up and fight. Help us to work hard together that, Lord, we would have the marriage that you've planned for us to have. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.